Well, today we begin a brand new sermon series entitled Stewardship, and I'm excited about the next few weeks. And so let's start by asking the question, what is a steward? What's the definition of a steward? A steward is a person who manages that which belongs to someone else. A steward is a person who manages or who takes care of or who looks after that which belongs to someone else. And so how does this relate to us? Well, as followers of Jesus Christ, it is our understanding that God created everything, that God owns everything, that everything belongs to God. The sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the sky, the sea, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the flowers of the field, the animals of the earth, and of course, Human beings, you and I, who have been made in the image of God. God created everything. God owns everything. Everything belongs to God. But God has given you and I, human beings, a special position, a special place in God's creation. God has entrusted you and I, to be stewards, to manage, to take care of, to look after that which belongs to Him. How wonderful a privilege that is. How awesome a privilege that is. But with great privilege comes great responsibility. Stewardship is so important And I'm glad that we're going to take the next few weeks to look at some areas of stewardship. As a steward, the one non-negotiable is this. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Take a look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says. It says this. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found... Faithful, faithfulness is required. For the remainder of July and the entire month of August, we are going to be exploring a few of the most important areas of stewardship for us as Christians. Areas in which it is imperative as stewards that we remain faithful. So with that said, the first area of stewardship that I would like us to explore this morning is the area of our mind. Our mind. If you remember, uh, Major Debbie spoke about the mind. She mentioned the mind last week. And if you recall, Romans 12.2 says this. It says, And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so the question is, how do you renew your mind? And the answer is this. Through spending time in the Word of God on a consistent and regular basis, there are no shortcuts to renewing our mind. It takes discipline 
and hard work. It takes us spending time in the Word of God on a consistent and regular basis. The mind is a critical area of stewardship for us as Christians. But the tragedy of the church today is this. Christians without a renewed mind. And this great tragedy comes because Christians are not programming the amazing instrument that God has given us to steward our minds with the Word of God. Christians are not spending time in the Word of God on a consistent and regular basis. Every year for the past five years, the American Bible Society has commissioned the Barna Group to do a study, a nationwide study. And they call this study the State of the Bible. The State of the Bible. And so telephone interviews are done. Online surveys are conducted. And all this is done at the beginning of the year. Here are some of the results for 2015. I have some good news and some bad news. And here's the good news. The good news is this. The question was asked, does your household own a Bible? 88% of Americans through this survey said, yes, we own a Bible. That's good news. That's like 9 out of 10 American households say, yes, we own a Bible. And then it was asked, how many Bibles do you own? On average, the American household owns 4.4 Bibles That's great news. Not only does 9 out of 10 American households own a Bible, you all own 4.4 Bibles. That's great news. But here's the bad news. Here's the news that ought to cause our hearts to break. The question was asked, how often do you actually Read your Bible. Listen to this. 54% of Americans said, I never read my Bible, or I, meet, I read my Bible one, two, three, four times a year. 54%. That's one out of every two Americans. Another 9% said, I read my Bible once a month. Another 8% said, I read my Bible once a week. Listen to this. Only 14% of Americans said, I read my Bible every day. Another 14% of Americans said, I read my Bible several times a day. And so if we add up those two 14%, we get 28%. 28% of Americans read their Bible on a consistent and regular basis. One out of every four Americans read their Bible on a consistent and regular basis. So the conclusion is this. 
Bible ownership remains strong in America, but Bible readership remains very weak. I say, let us be a church that reverses that last statistic. Let us be men and women of the word. Let us be a church that's properly programming the amazing instrument that God has given us to steward our minds with the word of God. Let us spend time in the word of God on a consistent and regular basis. I've been a Christian for over 20 years. And I must admit, I must confess that for the first 10 years of my walk with Christ, I was not a good steward when it came to renewing my mind. For the first 10 years of my walk with Christ, I was part of that 28%. I was not part of that 28%. I wish I could have those first 10 years back. If I could have those years back and knowing what I know today, the first thing that I would do is this. I would make the Word of God a priority in my life. But I can't have those years back. And so I need to make up for lost time. And so what did I do? Over the past 10 years, I've started to really fall in love with the Word of God. For the past 10 years, I started to increase my level of reading the Bible and studying it and meditating on it. And for the past 10 years, I started to memorize portions of the Bible. I started memorizing the book of Ephesians. And after I memorized all six chapters of Ephesians, I went and I started to memorize the book of Philippians. And after I memorized the book of Philippians, I started to memorize the book of James. And slowly but surely, I began to renew my mind with the washing of water by the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 1 goes something like this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted, in the beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, which in other ages was not um, mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him, in whom also you have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that you who first trust, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Church, that's Ephesians chapter 1, hidden on the tablet of my heart. And the neat thing is, we can all have God's Word hidden on the tablet of our hearts. You see, when we have God's Word hidden on the tablet of our heart, we'll have ammunition against the devil. We'll be able to recognize the counterfeit that Satan throws our way. We'll be able to identify the schemes of the devil. We'll be able to reject the enemy's lies because we filled our mind, the mind of Christ, with the word of God, with truth. Church, let us be men and women of the word. Philippians chapter 1 goes something like this. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of my making requests for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, just as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace, for God is my witness, how greatly I long to long for you how how greatly 
Um, I missed it there. Wait, where am I? Yes, eight. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor." Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this very thing, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. That's Philippians chapter 1, hidden on the tablet of my heart. You see, the devil doesn't mind that we carry our Bibles. He just doesn't want us to know the Bibles that we carry. You see, you can't use what you don't know. And the devil knows that once you know this, and use this, that he can't compete with the word of God. Church, let us be men and women of the word. Let me take a sip of water after that. (laughs) But some of you are still not convinced, are you? James chapter 1 goes something like this. It says, James, 
a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If anyone among you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation For when he has been proved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks He is religious and does not brittle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. 
That's James chapter 1, hidden on the tablet of my heart and mind. You see, the desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people. The great need today is for deep people. And we cannot be a deep people if we are not spending time in the Word of God on a regular basis. Church, let us be men and women of the Word. How do you become a man of the Word? How do you become a woman of the Word? What do you do? How do you get started? Let me quickly give you two action items, two quick hits. And the first is this. I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles to church on Sundays. I want to encourage you to crack open your Bible on Sundays. To write in your Bibles when the preacher is teaching. To make sure that the preacher is preaching from the Word of God. I love technology. PowerPoint is so awesome. But PowerPoint, I think, has made some of us to be lazy Christians. And what my fear is, is that not only do we not carry our Bibles or open up our Bibles on Sundays, my fear is that we don't carry our Bibles, open up our Bibles, or handle our Bibles on any other day. So the first thing that you can do is this. Bring your Bibles to church. It might be on your app already. You're already bringing your Bibles to church. Open it up. Handle it. Second thing that you can do is this. You can utilize this bookmark. This is our Bible reading plan for the month of July and August. And every two months, we produce another plan. And here's the deal. If you started with us in January, by the end of the year, if you've been reading using this Bible bookmark, you would have read through the entire New Testament. That's pretty amazing. And it's not that hard. Very simple. You just read one chapter a day. One chapter a day. And I'm such a nice guy. I even give you Saturdays and Sundays off. So it's Monday through Friday. One chapter a day, Monday through Friday. By the end of the year, you will have read through the New Testament. Now, if you start today, it's still awesome because by the end of the year, you will have read through 50% of the New Testament, which is still a pretty amazing accomplishment. So firstly, action item, bring your Bibles to church. And secondly, utilize this Bible reading plan. Don't let this be a good book on Sundays, but live defeated Monday through Saturday. Read it, study it, meditate on it, memorize it. Let us be a church that's renewing our minds. Let us be a church that's programming this amazing instrument that God has given us to steward our minds with the Word of God. 
Let us commit to spending time in the Word of God on a consistent and regular basis. Let us be men and women of the Word.